Magic Club. Together, we'll discover inspirational stories of creative entrepreneurs living out their dreams, doing the work they are most passionate about, and building wealth in magical and fun ways. While building a six-figure income as a writer and coach, helping other women to launch their dream businesses, I've connected with so many incredible people and seen it proven again and again that you can thrive financially doing whatever it is you are passionate about. I'm here to share life-changing strategies for mindset, making money, and reaching more people with your work in a business and life filled with creativity, freedom, and fun. Hi everyone, welcome. I'm so excited to introduce my guest today. We have Jamie Palmer, who is a business strategist and coach for driven entrepreneurs, service providers, and coaches who want to grow and scale their business online with a signature program. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for joining us. I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yay. So let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about your backstory. How did you end up where you are today? Yeah. So I started my business when I was 20. Um, I was getting ready to graduate uh, with a degree in marketing and it was 2003. So it was like this crazy recession had hit and I couldn't find a job. And (laughs) I decided in my senior year to change my major to accounting so that like, Hey, I could always fall back and be a CPA. But at the time, like small business websites were really starting to become more and more popular. And so I took a course in website design and said, Hmm, let me try this out for a while because at the time I was working at my aunt's um, embroidery factory and we had lots of people always coming in and saying like, oh, do you know where I can get a website? And so it just kind of fell into that by accident. And so that's how my business started. And then we added in social media um, as a service, kind of when social media began to become popular. And then I would say two or three years ago, I started to transition into creating programs and courses. And then early, late 2019, early 2020, I just kind of let, I decided to say goodbye to the agency. I was not having fun with it. Um, I was very bored. And um, I just was like one of those things where a lot of people had this expectation that social media was going to do the selling for them. And one of the things that I always saw was missing is that people like they'd have their social media, but it wouldn't really make sense when they went to their website. And then, you know, they'd have like, it was all a mess. They'd have no systems in place. And so I then just started to help coach people on how to get all of those things to integrate in their business. So it was a more seamless experience for the user because people love to buy, but they hate to be sold. And when there was all this disjointedness in their online business, I was like, Oh man, there's like a massive opportunity there. And so I created this program called business ecosystem builders. I've been running it for almost, I've been running it for more than three years now. And we just, it's a fun process where we kind of like get everything in and that's kind of how I get to where I am today. It's been, it's been a wild ride. (laughs) Amazing. And So I would love to know in your experience in working with so many digital entrepreneurs, what are some of the main differences that you've seen in people who have created a lot of success and people who haven't? Focus. Yeah. I would say focus. And I think, um, 
I think for me, since I had the, the experience really young on in my career working locally, and then I transitioned to all online, one of the biggest things that I saw that was missing with a lot of the online entrepreneurs is they wouldn't take like the in-person experience and translate it online. And you still even see this today. So when we would do websites, when I first started my business, it would be like, we come in, we do photos and we take that essence and that feel and that experience. And we would bridge that to the online space. And I think what happens with a lot of online entrepreneurs, especially is they, they, they don't necessarily take the time to really establish a strong brand. They don't tie an emotion to the pictures and the color and the vibe that they want to create. And therefore it looks very disjointed. So, you know, their social media will have one set of colors and their website will have another one. And they'll just be this kind of like mismatching of things. And then, you know, their email list will have another one and nothing will be like this cohesive look and whether people or clients articulate it or not, or potential clients articulate it or not, your subconscious brain is like, huh, something's not right here. And so <laughs> what, what happens is they'll go to their competition. Who's got this beautiful, seamless, like really integrated experience online, but might not necessarily be as qualified, but they get that they have to take that and have that feel be throughout everything that they do online. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I see people make, especially the people that I work with. Like I work with a lot of people who are super bright, like super, super bright, like master's degrees, PhDs, like, and they've got like a thriving practice, right? Whatever that, that might be, but yet they, they like have sort of fallen short (laughs) in, in taking that experience in, in translating it to the online world. And so that's really, I think probably the biggest thing that I, I see that's missing in the, the online space. So interesting, especially for somebody like me to think about, because I've pretty much never been in the real world. My entire business journey has been online because I've just been, you know, a digital nomad and traveling around. I've done a few in-person workshops and talks, but um, it's so funny to think of that, like what translates from the online world to the physical world and what just listening to you talk, I'm thinking, I guess your web design is kind of like how you dress when you show up in person. It's like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't like, matter like you know you can show up in whatever way and still succeed like there are still people who are super successful and dress like they're homeless and (laughs) people who are making millions of dollars and have really ugly websites but it's just this this kind of like human language and communication and an area that you really can leverage to help create more connection and um, influence the way people are perceiving you when they come into your world, I guess. 100%. So I'm a huge fan of the book um, Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. He talks about this concept of thin slicing. So we do thin slicing, our our subconscious brains do thin slicing. So when you meet somebody, it's like that first impression based on your past lived experiences. So you might meet somebody and they might remind you of an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend, like that's your thin slice. Well, the same thing happens in the online space. And so you have the ability as someone who has control over their social media and their marketing and their branding and the story that they tell 
to influence that. But oftentimes, I think many entrepreneurs, they either don't really dig deep enough and get intentional about the feelings. Like, I'm very specific. I'm like, I want my brand to express freedom, simplicity, ease. Like, I I have my words. I can't remember them off the top of my head, which is terrible right now for this example. Um, (laughs) but the point is when somebody experiences your brand, your social media, your website, like it should express that feeling and it should combat that thin slice. Right. And, and if it's not right. So if they look at something like, Ooh, that's just like kind of cheesy or that's like, Ooh, that doesn't look like that person's what's it called, whether they're actually like, Ooh, (laughs) Or they're just, their brain is simply subconsciously processing it. It happens and that impacts your sales in the online space. Yeah, I love that. And I'm just thinking, like reflecting on my own branding process, because I think as somebody who is very intuitive, um, um, it's a lot of it has come from, and because I work with people who are super similar to me, and that's, you know, the, that is my business. It's like, if something resonates with me and I like it and it's my favorite colors and, um, you know, I feel that it resonates with who I am, then I know that people who will resonate with me will also resonate with me as well. 100%. Um, 100%. Yeah. And I think, I, I think just people need to, um, I agree with that completely. And I'm like a very beachy themed colors and uh, very kind of relaxed, like authentic vibe. And people comment on that all the time because like my words and my visual branding and my process and my programs are all, they're all in alignment with that. And I think when you can express that, online, both with your words and with the visuals, it creates a more cohesive experience. It builds trust faster and it gets people to move forward quicker. Right. And I love this part of the conversation too, which is it doesn't mean everything has to be perfect, but it does mean things have to be cohesive because that's one of the top things that um, I get reflected back to me is like, oh, people see the way I do things and they're like, oh, you aren't trying to be perfect. And I like the way that you aren't trying to be perfect because it gives me permission to do this and not have to struggle to be perfect. And that's been one of the many reasons that I've bought, um, you know, from previous mentors in the past is like, oh, she has done this in a super basic way, um, which means I don't have to slave away or like pay tons of money to a graphic designer um, to get, you know, my, my web stuff looking a certain way, you know, as long as it's um, communicating. It has, it's, um, like cohesive in what it's communicating and the way that it's communicating so that people, I guess that's just another element of the way that you build trust with people is just creating that sense of cohesion. Yeah, 100%. And I think oftentimes I was talking with a client, client the other day, and we were talking even like the, 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 she's getting a photo shoot done. And I was like, well, did you pick out your, your images? And I mean, your images, your outfits, And she's like, no, I hadn't even thought about that. I'm like, well, you're going to want to, you know, do and wear like, and it's all these little subtle things that I think that often people miss that really make the difference between someone who is, especially in the beginning, wildly successful and, and not so much 
And I love, for me, I'm all about like, let's experiment with this for a bit, right? So let's try this on and see how it works. When I did my whole rebrand, I've had like blues and greens as colors for a decade. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I want it to be slightly more feminine. And I want to like integrate in these colors. And I tried on this logo with this colors. And I did that for a little bit. And I was like, oh, this is just mm, a little bit too much. And then I pulled it back. I changed it a little bit. And then finally, I settled on something that felt really good. It resonated. And whenever I start to get feedback from my audience being like, oh, I love blah, blah, blah. I'm always like, yes, that's that's how I know like I've hit the mark here. And I think oftentimes people want to get all this stuff in place and let me do all these bells and whistles. And it's like way easier to experiment and start with like the lowest common denominator and the most simple thing, prove that it works and prove that it's going to work for you and prove that you, you, you're comfortable with that. Then you start to layer on all the other pieces, because ultimately if you go through all this work and you do this thing, say it's like launching a course as an example, this is a what people do all the time. They go through this thing where they launch this whole course and all of this stuff. And they're like, Hey, I don't even like who I'm supporting. And B, I don't like teaching this in this way. And I'm like, you just wasted like six months of your life being miserable <laughs> because you didn't like experiment a little in the beginning. And I think that's an approach where for me, I, I'm not sure if you're into human design at all. I'm a three, five projector. So I'm all about the trial and error. Like if it's the hard way, I always go that way. Like that's just who I am. I can't help myself. Um, but in that learning, it's also allowed me to help teach other people and shortcut that, that by, by, by being like, yes, go experiment. Like you don't have to belly flop into the pool. You can just like stand on the stairs first before you jump all the way in. Yeah, I love that. Definitely ex experiment. taking an experimental approach is something that really resonates with me and that I've always done. And I think, you know, because when I started my business, I just finished my master's and I was really broke and I didn't have chunks of money to, you know, invest in building a nice website or having a graphic designer or, you know, doing a fancy photo, photo shoot. So I was really scrappy right off the bat. And just reflecting on it now, I realized that one of the first photo shoots I did um, with a photographer friend, photographer friend of mine who I paid like 50 bucks and she helped me out as a favor to create some photos for me. And the only clothes that I had that I felt were like nice enough to represent me to the public were a bright pink shirt and a yellow woolly jumper. And for some reason that in the beginning of my business, I only ever did photo shoots in the winter when it was like really cold. <laughs> but that, that those two colors ended up becoming my brand colors because she took some really great photos and those colors just really stood out. And they, yeah. were, you know, they were just items of clothing that I had bought because I loved those colors and I picked them because I felt good in them. I felt they represented me because I loved them. And, um, and that was really the beginning of you know, the visual direction for my brand. And it's always has been just me choosing things that make me feel good. And, and, you know, that has, and then trying it out and then obviously, you know, getting feedback on it. And I'm like, oh, okay, so this is working same as you. And, um, and I think that's, you know, it's really key that you resonate with whatever it is that you're putting out there, because it's the same with your messaging. 
you will then attract people who are a really good fit for you. You know, even if they don't love everything that you love, if they connect with you on, you know, the more things that you can put out there that you connect with um, and feel like is a genuine representation of a part of who you are, the more you'll just start attracting clients that you love working with and it will allow your business to evolve in a way that's enjoyable, right? Yeah, 100%, 100%. And I mean, I I think too, you bring up a good point in that like you're... I was so resistant to this when I was was in my 20s because I started my business when I was 20 and I always get a lot of objections in sales. Like, oh, you're so young. Like, what do you know about whatever, you know, insert objection here. And it really got inside my head in terms of like, well, how can I change and evolve if I can't even meet this here? And as I started to dig deeper into the personal development side of like, how am I going to grow my business? I I realized those were not my, that was not my stuff. That was their stuff. And it really allowed me to, to be like, I can, change and evolve and iterate however I want to iterate. It's my business. I don't have to stay stuck in this thing. The same thing with pricing. I remember um, I had like a dozen social media clients and they were all paying, I don't know, between 250 and $1,000. Like, But they were all getting the same service. And I was like, I need to have a conversation with these people. It was one of the scariest things that I, I ever did because I was like, I'm essentially like doubling and tripling people's prices. And half of them stayed, half of them left, but I ultimately made the same amount of money because I was charging what I felt was, was I was worth charging. And I think oftentimes we hold ourselves back from doing these things because we think, oh, we have to do this thing in this one way. And ultimately like we became entrepreneurs because we didn't want to work for somebody else. We wanted more freedom in our lives. We want to have choice freedom. We want to have money freedom. We want to have time freedom. And um, it breaks my heart when I see wildly talented people who are like these amazing experts in their business and they let these little things hold them back. And so I think it's so cool what you do and how you tie all that together because I, I never... I spent probably 15 years or I mean, not 15, but 10 at least being like, Oh, I don't have a mindset issue. Like, hello, red flag. I totally have a mindset issue, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. And you know, and I think that's just like, that comes with the freedom of choice, right? Is that we get to fail forward and we get to make more wrong decisions and learn in the process. And, you know, I don't believe there's ever a wrong decision. There's just a lesson with every every decision that we make. Right. And the more we, um, you know, the more we are courageous in taking action towards trying to get where we want to go, the faster we'll learn what, what works and what doesn't. And I think, um, you know, sometimes it's so hard to know what, what really worked, right? Because we're, as entrepreneurs, we're making so many decisions every day and, you know, always evolving, always growing, always being inspired, always creating. Um, But it really helps to, I mean, that's just why mentorship is so important, right? To have somebody 
to create that space to get the clarity on what is actually going on and what what's going on from your perspective and then what's actually working um what's actually creating results because it's so easy to get lost in the doing of all the things and you know being all the things in all the different places and all the different you know like departments in um so it's so important to have that support so that you don't make too many wrong decisions and get burned and, you know, have like your your inspiration stomped out of you, which it can be easy to do if, it, if you go through a period of massive stress when things aren't working, right? 100%. And I don't think anybody, I know for me, nobody like warned me when I started my business that I would be the bookkeeper and the salesperson and the customer service and the operations and the marketer and the person who did the delivery. And um, I would spend, cause a lot of like, when I first started my business, a lot of it was like, we would go net, I would go networking and then I would be networking all day. And then I would write proposals and then I'd do delivery. And I remember having like 12, 14, 16 hour days and I'd be like, all I do is live and breathe this business because, you know, you don't, nobody tells you that when you start a business that you have to wear all these hats. And I think to your point, I think people can, the joy of doing this thing that you're so passionate about can quickly be like sucked out of you if you don't delegate and like get to that point where you're comfortable being like, I'm just going to take this and hand it to an expert. (laughs) They're going to do it in an hour instead of me taking you know, five hours to figure out QuickBooks or whatever, you know? Yeah, I had the same thought too. I was like, if I had known, I would have to do all of the, I would have to do accounting to have a business. I never would have done it. just been, you know, we like, we all have those different areas of like, this is where my skill set is, but it just goes to show like you can go, go a really long way just focusing on your strengths. Right. And, and the rest will like, it'll catch up with that, you know, as you really focus on leveraging your strengths and your resources to grow your resources so that you can start to get help with all of the other areas that you maybe aren't so strong in. And that's all part of the fun too, right? The, the collaboration. Um, collaboration is the thing that makes it fun. And I think particularly when you're starting out and you're a solopreneur, um, like, yeah, especially as women, I was just having this conversation with another coach. Like sometimes we put it all on ourselves to do everything and we think we can do everything. Um, but that's just a big self-sabotaging myth. And that's, that's where the stress comes from when we're putting too much on ourselves and we're not being strategic and we're not, um, you know, being honest about what's working and what's not working and what we're good at and what we're not good at. And it's, you know, in bringing in the mentorship and the team, as and when we can, like that's when it starts to get really fun because that opens you up to feel so much more creative, only focusing on the things that you're really good at. Yeah, 100%. I always tell people to do a time study. Anytime I start to feel like crazy overwhelmed, I will do a time study where for two weeks, every 15 minutes, I will literally write down what I'm doing. And I'll be like, is this strategic or is this tactical? And I'm, and I'm always... I usually want to puke by the end of the two weeks because I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm doing so much tactical stuff that I could hire somebody or create a system through technology to do. And if you're ever like, I always just like do a two-week time study. (laughs) If you're feeling overwhelmed, do a two-week time study and be like, okay, these are $10 an hour tasks or $15, whatever the number is. And if your time's worth more than that, like, and the average entrepreneur totally is, 
hire someone. I waited way too long to hire people. <laughs> I love that. And I think looking back on, on my journey as well, it, because I went through it, I started my business in the middle of a giant burnout from doing my master's and being uh, working in the film industry. And I'm like, it was such a blessing in disguise because I was physically unable to overwork. Like I had to take loads of naps. I could only do very minimal. So it kind of forced me to have a really, really lean strategy and, you know, focus on the things that would really work for me. And um, yeah, it's kind of as I, you know, recovered and then got my energy back, that's when <laughs> the overwhelm started to hit. And I stopped because I was able to take on more and, yeah when I started to go through that learning curve with, yeah, more of the back end stuff in my business and uh, realizing that, you know, the to-do list is literally never ending if we want it to be. So we have to be so strategic in where we're investing our time. And, you know, it's always, it's always about boundaries, right? And tightening up our boundaries if we want to grow and expand and have fun, then those types of conversations just, they have to, they have to happen. So I love that you shared that. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. So Thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. Um, how can people find you and uh, learn more about what it is that you're up to? Yeah, so I'm Jamie Palmer on all Instagram, Facebook, social media. And um, you can connect with me there. I would say my favorite place to hang out is probably Instagram these days. So come on on over there and then, um, yeah, come say hi. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye, everyone. For more inspirational content, head over to my website withsarahmack.com and please support the show by liking, commenting and subscribing.